Listening Dog Media. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like Sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the Offside Rule. I'm Kate Borsay and alongside me to brighten up your day and mine, it's like a reunion of old friends here in the studio. Welcome back to Premier League reporter and TalkSport football authority and author Ali Bender. And long, long, long-term fans of the show might remember our other studio guest was a once regular on this show. Italian football expert working across the BBC, BT Sport, CNN, ESPN and many others. As you can tell, that she got very busy. It's Mina Rizuki. Hello, long time. Mina, do you remember sneaking into the basement at TalkSport? We used to record the pod together, nestled around a was single it like microphone. like 9pm or something? It was some crazy time of day and we'd sneak down into the basement at TalkSport where we didn't even need a studio, we just needed a soundproof space. Yeah. And we'd huddle around a little computer and a microphone and we'd record the oh. earlier version of this podcast. I like oh, to think that... Sounds kind of romantic. Should we get under the table yeah, and do it for well, old time's yeah, sake? Yeah, it was very romantic. <laughs> we have also recorded it under a table in the past, oh, you'll well, be pleased you to know. Uh, <laughs> so we are a lot more professional now and that's why we've invited Mina back because she too has brilliant levels of professionalism and knowledge, <laughs> as does Ali Bender. But above all else, of course, I've known you girls for a very long time. I trust your opinion. And I think when we're talking about football stuff and time's gone by, we can do it with the absolute utmost authority and a little bit of ridiculousness thrown in of course absolutely Mina I've seen you frolicking around on a boat over summer on Instagram that's my boat oh goodness oh, me no it's really? not actually my boat no. you really have been doing well since uh, since no. we last recorded a podcast yeah, no, together I was joking definitely not I, I only <laughs> wish these are the things that I dream of no, it was just some friends had basically chartered a boat, like a small little boat for. I mean, uh, friends chartering boats—that's it's actually not that expensive in certain places. Okay. Like you, you know, I mean, you can sort of notice that from the bathrooms. But like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it depends on where you are. Obviously, we're not in the south of France chartering boats, but you know, and it was fun. It was uh, they did it for my birthday. Oh, oh how old? Are you allowed to say? 
I won't tell you the real age, no. I'll oh. say it was my 26. Okay, fair <laughs> enough, indeed. Uh, if anyone out there knows how Mina can manifest her own luxury liner, please, please do get do. in touch. Yeah, Ali, I know you've been SWS. That means speaking with Shearer. We'll talk more about that <laughs> later on. Uh, in other news, your son's been making his first appearance in mini league football. Oh, it was so cute, I have to say. Friday night football, little five-year-old. Actually, I've just found out, found out he might get kicked out of the league. What? He's what? a year too young and I didn't realise that they didn't know and I obviously just said oh you know he's five and secretly were you being yeah. a pushy mother about it like I no promise he's actually you, six I promise hey, you honest, I thought they coach. were all the same age I really did and then they've just found out this week and they're now thinking they might have to take him out and that's going to break his little heart Oh my! but goodness. he won his first game and he was so excited but I had to show him the faces of the little boys on the other side and I said you know don't be mean this is going to be you one week it is hard to lose but it's uh, yeah so we'll see watch this space but I hope he doesn't get kicked out Big moment as a parent, isn't it? Watching your child play. Are you one of those mothers that's like, oh, well done for taking (laughs) part? Or are you like, I can't believe you tried to You know, I'm so, I can't help being competitive, but obviously you've got to kind of check in a bit. So like, you know, I'm I'm applauding both sides when they score. If anyone gets a goal, you know, this is great. That's, you know, he's five years old for goodness sake. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we'll see as the weeks go on. But yeah, he's he's top of the league. and, And he said something really bad the other day. And he was like, I made the other team bottom of the league. Ooh. And I was like, no, 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 we don't talk like that. So, the Italians yeah, do, though, don't they, Mina? <laughs> yeah, and we would start pelting them with tomatoes and then we'd yell at them if they didn't score the right goals. Wow. <gasps> this is why they feel no pressure in the wow, World Cup. Yes. <laughs> What's the team called? They are called the Atletico Amigos. How cute. Is there a Spanish oh. link there? Is that? You know what? I think it's no just, idea. No, no, no idea. Uh, well, best of luck for him. A reminder that we are now on Jack Radio Friday nights from 7. Jack Radio is available on DAB and online and you can follow us outside of listening time at Offside Rule Pod on both Insta and Twitter. Order! Very rude for members. Order! Order! On today's show, we're getting a little political. Oh yes, as we're throwing our suggestions into the ring as to who should be decorated in the Prime Minister's resignation honours list in football, of course, and we'll be discussing the international break and who's done well. But first, we must begin with the three lines. All three Lion Cubs, as this should be. The international break gone and done. Uh, England have come out unscathed with a 4-0 win over Bulgaria and a scrappy bang-your-head-against-a-brick-wall win, 5-3 win over Kosovo. Now, far from blather on about how we all placed a bet on England winning the Euros after the first half of that game against Kosovo, only to tear up the slip in the second half, I want to talk about the next gen of the three lines. Let's get excited about the youth prospects that are there. We know that Gareth Southgate likes to give his young cubs a chance. And this time we've seen the additions of Jaden Sancho, James Madison, Mason Mount into that England squad. But Ali, how have you ranked some of the youngsters in the national side. I think it's really exciting, isn't it? When you see some of these fresh young faces and obviously a lot of credit has to go to Steve Holland and Gareth Southgate. We always knew they were going to give youth a chance and we've seen some of them. I mean, Jaden Sancho, you know, you'll know a lot about as well. Uh, Mina, I know you're very, um, you know, you cover all the European leagues really closely. But I think a lot of people in England didn't quite know just how exciting and how good he would be. We saw him in the Nations League. We saw him again the other night, score a couple of goals. And he still has that kind of rawness about him, even, you know, when you listen to him in the post-match 
interviews. He's he's not particularly comfortable in front of the cameras, but he just looks like you know he's he's enjoying it. He he looks comfortable. I'm really excited about Mason Mount, obviously being a Chelsea fan, and Declan Rice. Declan, by the way, used to play for Chelsea. He signed actually. Speaking of six year olds, when he was six years old, did he? Chelsea, to Chelsea. Yeah. wow. Which does seem a, di- a little bit young, but he was released age 14, and so they've both kind of spurred each other on over the years. I read a, a really lovely piece by Liam Toomey in um, the Athletic, and he's written all about you know how these two are finally back together again because obviously when they were Chelsea teammates, you know Mason Mount would have been devastated when Declan Rice got kicked out. He joined West Ham, and the rest is history. And actually, perhaps Declan Rice's career has gone a little bit faster um, than Mason Mount's. Declan actually started as a centre back, but I think these two will definitely um, be ones to watch in the England fold for sure. Tell us about Sancho then, Mina, because you will cover him, um, covering Bundesliga, Syria, and several other European leagues. Is he all that abroad as well? Is there as much buzz about him? I think he's an exceptional talent, to be honest. And I think that one thing that's on his side is that really he's with a club that really admires youth and is happy to promote it and give him the space and time to grow. But more importantly, he's under Lucien Favre. And this is the guy who brought so much success to Borussia Mönchengladbach, who really was the man who made Marco Royce amazing. He's the man who developed um, the likes of Saint Maximin. He got the best out of Balotelli at Nice, which no one would ever expected a kid <laughs> to get something worker. out of that. Exactly. <laughs> He's a guy who understands youth. He's a guy who understands how to get the best out of his players. And you can see from Dortmund and how closely they ran Bayern last season. Perhaps they are a little bit too young to have won the trophy in the end. But they are a very good group and training under that type of coach can only help your development. So far this season, he's he's had some of those big game moments, whether it be the derby against Schalke, which he managed last, uh, last year, a goal. And it was during the time that his grandma passed away, which mm-hmm. was really sad. And of course, he's also now scored in the Super Cup at the start of the season. The others are like the likes of Augsburg and Köln, which aren't really like huge teams that I'm like, oh, fantastic. There's a lot of open space in the Bundesliga. So somebody of Jaden's talent will make an impact, which is a little bit why you would think that hudson Adoy was such a perfect fit as well for Bayern. Because in that type of league, they, you know, when you are a winger and you are a clever winger and, and a fast winger, you do make the difference. I would have liked to see a little bit of a tactical difference from Southgate, you know, just just perhaps offer a little bit something more because like you mentioned, there are problems there from the midfield onwards. As much as I love Jadon Sancho, I still think Rashford has more experience. I think the way that he goes about his game for me at the moment it is more essential for the side so I would still keep him in there What about Rashford's position because I know that Stan Collymore came out this week and said look he needs to dictate where he's going to play because whether he's up front or he's on, on the wing it's not doing his career any good Marcus Rashford to be deployed in different positions do you yeah. think he needs to make a decision or do you think that will have to come from his manager Well, ideally, he's always being in this position where he has to sacrifice for the talents around him because he is the kid, right? And that's what you're supposed to do. And in many ways, it can work against him or it can work for him because he'll always have a a, a place to start. But obviously, I think right now he just doesn't have that option to to say, this is where I want to play. And I think I've earned that right. You know, in an ideal world, you would love to have your any player playing for international um, and for their club to be playing in that same position, because there's been so many conversations over the years of players who, you know, had 
had to chop and change. I always remember as a Chelsea fan, John McElobi having to play, you know, incredibly deep as like a holding player and then sort of as a, as a number 10, which are, you know, completely different positions. So, I mean, it's obviously a little bit different with uh, with Rashford because, you know, he's always pretty much up front or wide. The funny thing about Rashford is you actually think of him almost a bit like a veteran and to think he's only 21 years of age. That's true. And he broke in so late. So I was at the, it was 2015, I was at the Watford game and it was Louis van Gaal in charge at the time and he had these two young players on the bench that no one had heard of. And I remember Googling Marcus Rashford just to see what he looked like so that I knew, you know, if he came on. And the other boy was um, Sean Goss. So I thought, all oh, these these great, uh, you know, young prospects for Manchester United. Um, you might ask, where is Sean Goss now? And I think he's playing for Shrewsbury. So he didn't come quite as far. But, you know, for Marcus Rashford, he's mm. really pushed on. And that's a great point because some of these exciting young talents that we're talking about for England aren't going to have an illustrious England career. We know that from the stats. So which ones should be we, we be getting excited about, like Jaden Sancho, and which ones shouldn't? Going back to your point on the midfield, Mina, this is my bone to pick, as well as, of course, being defensively questionable. The midfielders where England traditionally have been able to provide a lot of goals, and we're not seeing that. Of course, we don't have to worry about goals when you've got Sancho, Kane, Sterling up front. But I still think our midfield is lacking, and that's why it frustrates me that he hasn't tried someone like James Madison, who's yet to make his senior debut. Phil Foden as well, doing fantastic things for the under-21s, and you could argue, well, that's where he should be. But look, if he's talented, regardless of his age, he should be playing for the senior national team. I mean, I agree with you to extent, but one thing I'll pick up on right away is Phil Foden, and he's not getting the opportunities for his club right now. And so, obviously, as a manager, Gareth Southgate needs to have players playing regular first team football for their clubs in order so is that um, where Phil needs to make a move because I, I think he's played he's played what 10 yeah he's played 10 minutes of football this season under Guardiola so and he's for, such a talent I mean when he came in I think for his his second start or his oh, I think it was his second appearance in his first start he scored a goal um, at I think it was Manchester City against Spurs I was there anyway um, but you know he's done really well but obviously when you're when you're surrounded by such great talents as you are at Manchester City it's very hard to get your opportunity. Mm. And, it's you know, we've seen with Jaden Sancho going away and getting, you know, much more opportunity. It must be so difficult. And I've spoken to Foden about it and he said, I'm willing to be patient. I, I agree with my talent. I know that, you know, the cream will rise to the top, etc., etc. Obviously, things that Guardiola has told him. But how much patience can you get when you're seeing all your peers going ahead of you? It must be so frustrating when you know you have that talent. I don't think there's any rush. I think this whole thing of like, oh my God, they're already 23 and they're making their debuts. I don't think that's extraordinary. I think that it's become a little bit ridiculous because we've watched talents like Mbappe who was obviously 19 when he just became this world superstar um, Delicht who's 19 and and now it's like every year we're going to be like oh yeah but you're 17 you're so past the hill you know like (laughs) I I just I I just feel like there's no rush because Especially with, you know, when you're talking about wingers, perhaps, and you're talking about pacey players, then pace is important. And that means the younger you are, a lot of the times you have the energy to play that role. But when you're talking about midfielders, I do think experience and in, it will help you with your intellect on the pitch. And I do think that in that type of role, it doesn't matter how long it takes as long as he makes the difference. Pirlo didn't make the difference for Italy until he was much older. I mean, at the time he was discarded mm-hmm. by Inter, not seen as anything special. Ancelotti had to come to Milan, changed his position, and then he became the Andrea Pirlo that we know. Midfield especially is a role that you only ever get better at because you're, it's based around experience. But if I was him and I think that 
one thing that I would want from Southgate is perhaps some some of my players not to choose the Bundesliga, but try to choose, I don't know, Spain or other countries to learn different things. Because I think that what we have is a collection of similar traits, which is a lot of a pace and... and, uh, and um, so Kieran Trippier, for example, going to Atletico, I think that's actually really exciting, even though there was a lot of criticism at the time. Yeah, absolutely. Because he's looked at himself and thought, right, one thing I could do really well is go forward. Yeah. What is the one thing that I could do <laughs> yeah. and I can learn from Cholo Simeone, yeah. I mean, the god of defensive football, is probably the balance, is, is the duality of the role, how I can go forward and get back at the same time and, and, and provide for my team. And he's already been saying that even however many games they're in, you know, he's, he's learned so much already. He's also played, you know, played in black, back three, played in a back four. So he's had the opportunity to experiment with different styles as well. Yeah, so. but I think that for me, what I would like the midfielders to learn more, more than anything is that what you see a lot in Spain is that even if there's three men on a midfielder, they're happy to receive the ball under pressure and they're happy to then distribute it and they don't feel that insane pressure to let go. Whereas what you see in England is a lost, less courage when the ball comes yeah. their way. They are and freaked out, what, aren't they? Yeah. When when they've got and the even ball, even if they have or, just one person closing them down. Yeah, and 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 so well, well, so then perhaps the answer is experience. Players who who you know have put in several minutes on on the football pitch and aren't going to be freaked out when they receive the ball or when they put under pressure. Uh, Mina, across Europe, um, just because this is your speciality, are there any youngsters who are the real deal? Just a couple of words from you about any who really stands out across Europe? Oh, there's so many. Um, when you <laughs> Where look do at I them, start, she says. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think that obviously we know that with Spain, there's just up and coming talent. I do want to say that there's one kid in, well, actually there's probably two in Italy that you should definitely take note of, which are Federico Chiesa, who is uh, a winger, especially talented in Italy, rated now as at 100 million but his name wow. is obviously never going to be as big as Jaden Sanchez because we don't know how to brand our talent. Um, but he is Enrico Chiesa's son. So he comes from a brilliant heritage and he's just uh, awfully sensational in every single way. One of the most intelligent players that I've seen. There's obviously Nicolo Zaniolo. We've looked at him at uh, when uh, Roma played against Porter. Okay. And uh, he also played against Real Madrid. And at the time we thought that, you know, it's baptism of fire. But he's a sensational sort of trequartista, which means it's the man behind the hole. If I started to talk about Spanish talent, I wouldn't stop. Okay. Well, on that <laughs> note, next we're going to be going across the channel for a European roundup. Well, whilst we have you listeners, let me just take a moment to remind you about our new WSL show. It's called the Offside Rule WSL Edition, and it's on a totally different feed to this one. So don't go getting confused. Every week, we're going to be reviewing the latest action and debating the biggest stories from around the world of women's football. This week, we spoke to Arsenal captain Kim Little and Brighton manager Hope Powell about their starts to the season. It's out right now, so just have a search on your podcasting device for the Offside Rule WSL Edition and hit subscribe. Think about it this way the offside rule the show you're listening to now is women talking about football the offside rule wsl edition is men and women talking about women's football get it it's simple isn't it they're both on separate feeds remember so make sure you're subscribed on both it's the offside rule with me kate borsay joined in the studio by mina Rizuki and ali bender so moving on from england things are happening on the continent too uh, this is Mina's specialist area. And so it's only right that we have a little chat and um, discover uh, what's going on abroad and also these um, Euro qualifiers as well to bring those into it. So Germany, Netherlands, Mina, is where I want to start. The sides faced off with the Netherlands winning 4-2. What the heck's happened to Germany? Yeah, well, 
It's an interesting one with Germany. I think we saw that demise from the World Cup. It was a little bit of a schadenfreude for an Italian supporter like myself. It was like, <laughs> woo, it's a shame that we can exploit this. But anyway, Germany have struggled. They've obviously gotten rid of some of the old guard, the likes of Thomas Müller, Matt Hummels. And they're trying to move away from that sort of possession style of football that they had and that worked so well for them in the World Cup. It worked better as well because at the time you had a strong Bayern and a strong Dortmund. And when Pep Guardiola came in and under Jupp Heynckes, you had Bayern have the, the mentality to win games. And then under Guardiola, they had the understanding of how to move around the ball. And you had a core there at Bayern that understood what they were doing. So when it moved, obviously, to Germany, they were just this essentially this, this great side. It started to chip away. And now what the coach is trying to do is move into a more sort of transitional phase in which he wants a quicker Germany, a side that, you know, sometimes will have to play deep, but is is very fast. And that will just attack you a little bit more like an England would be. And I think that he is coming up short because I don't think that right now, I mean, people will notice, you know, the likes of Sule and you look at the back line and there's three man back line. There's, there's supposed to be pace in it, but it just doesn't look like that to be, to be frank. It looks like it's a very poor back line. Um, and especially in that formation with three men at the back against Netherlands, they were just torn apart. So I feel like there's still so much to fix there. They've lost their midfield engines and their and their brain essentially because Cruz is a little bit older and there's no Sammy Kadira there who was really so useful yeah, alongside so Cruz. So I think that's just been uh, one of the reasons why they just need to move on to a new phase. Mino, I'm just surprised that that Joachim Lowe is still there. Where, you yeah, know, the, so the fact I. that I mean he is a great coach and what he's done, but in any other you know, national federation. If a if a team had done so badly at the World Cup and then they really didn't appear to be real rebuilding quickly, they'd be looking for a plan B. Well, yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that they had seen him bring in this great generation, the Confederations Cup, and they obviously know that he won them the World Cup. So there is a little bit of loyalty towards him that perhaps shouldn't be there. And I agree with you. I don't think he should be there. I think it's all gone a little bit stale under his management. He has rubbed a few people the wrong way. But senior management, the men in charge, they seem to love him. They seem to believe that he's worth sticking with for a little while longer to see what happens and what he can do in the Euros and then push on from there. What about the Netherlands? Are they back to where they should be then. That's they're certainly getting there, that. aren't they? Yeah, they're certainly getting there. It's interesting. I don't know what to make of them. I do think they have a very good spine in the sense that they have two obviously world-class centre-backs and they have like, you know, there's a, a good midfield from the likes of Frankie de Jong, Martin de Roon, and uh, Wijnaldum, just, a, just another name in there. But there's still something about them that doesn't convince me. I don't know what it is exactly. It could be that's Ryan Barbel up front with Memphis Depay. That forward line isn't one that would terrify me, essentially. I love Van, D- Van Dijk, but I do think De Ligt has a lot to learn and a lot to develop in. And perhaps Juventus will offer him that. Or, as you can see from so far, his early career not doing too well. But it takes time to develop these things. They've obviously upgraded a lot of their talent in certain areas. I just don't necessarily think that it's to the same level of what we're seeing from France and what we're seeing from Spain. So until they can sort of match that level of talent, I'm not entirely sure they can do something that special. Perhaps they're flying high after their runners-up position at the Nations League, the illustrious Nations League. Interestingly, Ryan Babbles come out actually recently and said that the egos of Wesley Schneider, Robin Van Persie, Arjun Robin and Raphael van der Vaart stopped Holland from winning the World Cup in 2010. So make of that what you will. Ali, uh, Spain won both Sorry, their qualifiers. Sorry, I need to interrupt you. Go on. Did he say Wesley Schneider? He said Wesley Schneider in that Schneider's as well. Schneider's entirely the reason they reached the final of that World Cup. What That's an atrocious thing to say. 
there you go. And he naughty, should have won the Ballon d'Or that year. Naughty Ryan Bubble. Ali, Spain, they won yeah. both their qualifiers. Yeah, they're looking pretty convincing, actually. Belgium as well actually look really good um, at the moment. But yeah, I think Spain are, they're an interesting side, actually, because I think a, a little like Germany, they're a lot in tr- transition when you look at, you know, the spine. And in fact, the whole team, there are so many new players coming through who don't have great experience. But, you know, I'm looking at, you know, 4-0 four, four win over Faroe Islands. OK, fine, it's Faroe Islands. Of course, <laughs> they're going to win that game. Uh, 2-1 win over Romania as well. Uh, Kepa with an amazing save in there. But they've got De Gea as well. They've got the, the two best goalkeepers in world football right now. Um, but six wins from six, seven points ahead of Sweden. So they're flying at the moment. Looking good. Really looking good. But to be honest, I think one of the frustrating things in these qualifiers, and I know Gareth Southgate's been speaking about it as well, is that there just aren't enough really tough games at the moment. I mean, Spain's group, Spain, Sweden, Romania, Norway, Malta and the Faroe Islands. It's hardly a, a you know a tough ask at the moment, is it? But the one thing yeah, I wanted to... that that, that just is isn't fair. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Get over it because that's the way it is. And also that's not fair on smaller footballing nations who, you know, one of whom, a few of whom may have a delicious run. Of you never know. You, we're just you, getting you excited. Know. We want to see how we're going to kind of pit our wits against the best. But of course, you know, the tournament is, is there for that reason. Uh, um, Ramos? Ramos. Ramos. I really want to talk about Sergio Ramos. I'm a huge fan. He won his 167th cap the other day when they played the Faroe Islands. Now, let me just tell you what I love about Ramos. Instead of being, you know, he was congratulated because obviously, you know, he's he's level with Ika Casillas as the most appearances. But he said, actually, I want to make 200. So he's looking ahead. And I was taking a look at the kind of the games they've got in the, the run up to see what he'd actually have to do to make 200. And he'd have to be a 36 year old defender at the Qatar World Cup. And it seems that he will be. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I looked I at his injury record. The Euros after that. Yeah, like, he's, yeah. he's pretty, he's pretty solid. He's had a 14 year international career broke onto the scene. I think he made a, a friendly appearance against China 2005. And ever since then, he's been pretty consistent. I think he's missed seven or eight games maximum throughout his entire career and club career as well through little little niggles and knocks. He's had a couple of hamstring problems as well and I think an Achilles problem. But he's, he's fit as a fiddle. You know, since and 2005, he's the undisputed star- a starter for every single team that he's played for. Mm. Yeah. And that is truly the mark of a, of a leader. So. A legend. A legend, mm. exactly. Absolutely. I feel like it's sad, actually, that I think if he wasn't in the same era as the Messis and the Ronaldos, he'd certainly be a Ballon d'Or winner. Just And I know that defenders traditionally don't really get that kind of honour, but he's just, he's such a phenomenal player. He's moved as well. When he came into Real Madrid, he was, uh, Michel Salgado was the right back at the time, so he was centre-back with Mejia. And then he moved and he moved back. So he can, you know, he can play along that I think line. we I might need Italian to... Italian defenders that might require uh, that well, role yes, as well. Well, yes, you know, the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the Italians, award. of course, famed for, uh, for their defenders. I think... I think we can probably carry Ramos over to our honours section, couldn't we? Because you're talking about a lack of recognition, <laughs> yeah. a lack of Ballon d'Ors. Uh, perhaps he needs some sort of a peerage. Just quickly, totally football favourite Jack Lang has watched the new Ramos doc for The Athletic. Here's his opening. So here we go. In one of the very first scenes in the new TV series about his life, Sergio Ramos sits alone in a changing room. Dramatic music swells. He is in a manner somehow both inexplicably and inevitably shirtless. His muscles glisten in the half light. 
It's a cinematic opening, says Jet Lang. Unfortunately, it's also about as revealing as this documentary gets. Uh, Mina, let's talk Italy. Good to see them back to winning ways, eh? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> after not qualifying for the World Cup, I don't think there was enough people that... Are we took... allowed to mention that again? <laughs> <laughs> there was... A... Don't worry, people keep mentioning it to me every day. Are you really that good? Come on. Um, yep, it's nice to see that. We're also actually now interested in youth, which is really strange because, you know, we were the veteran team once upon a time. But now we are under Roberto Mancini looking at the new generation. And it was weird. We stagnated. We had this terrific generation 2002. And that should have been the year that we won the World Cup because that was our best ever squad. Um, And sadly, obviously, we know what happened then. But we won in 2006. And then there was just a lull. There was no good talent that came. And now it's starting to appear again. And we have this this great young side. I still think we lack a great striker. Uh, it's like Belotti or Ciro Immobile. Mm. No one that can really make the difference when you see what other teams have. Can you just imagine if, you know, you have like Messi and Aguero and then you have like Belotti. It's not exactly the same. But I think it's an interesting side. It's playing a different style of football. It's more expansive in its manner. It's not so pragmatic in its approach like it's usually been from Italy. So it's interesting to watch. And um, I like the fact that kids uh, have a go, but at the, at the same time, I just don't think this is the same team without the veterans. And I think Kilini is still essential for that side. Last week, we were talking about the number of uh, Premier League players that have gone to Syria. Uh, we've got Lukaku to Inter, same club for Alexis Sanchez on loan, Danilo and Aaron Ramsey to Juve, Iguain also at the club on loan. The list goes on. Mkhitaryan, Chris Smalling, Zappacosta to Roma on loan. How the hell is this happening? Solve the puzzle for me. Why are Syria scooping up? Why are you shocked? It's a great league. <laughs> I'm not, I guess I'm not shocked by the league, but I'm shocked as to why there is a bigger influx, I think, than yeah. in seasons yeah. gone. Than we've, than we've seen for a long time. Well, firstly, there's two reasons. I'm going to start off with a simple one, which is the growth decree tax. What's it called? A growth decree tax? Yes. Okay. So what that means is basically they want to sort of attract great talents back to the country. Okay. Uh, Great brains, great intelligence, great art, everything they want back in the country. As in Italians who've left the country? Or foreigners. Anyone who come in, come to our country, you know. (laughs) We're not fussy. Yeah. We want the best of the best. We want the best of the best. We want that back in our land. Um, Even if we have to buy it back. (laughs) Even if... God, this is getting more Italian. We're not not buying it back. But basically, (laughs) come back to our country. And this is the deal that we'll give you is that for if you're getting paid 9 million in wages you only need to pay tax on 4.5 of it so only half of your your wages will be taxed which is great because if you are Juventus and you're trying to take on Delict and you're up against Barcelona you know that if you offer him a 7 or 8 million euro contract you're only paying tax on 4 million of it what's also great as well for the players is that they get tax breaks going forward as, as well as on the money that they they make outside of the country so they it's not the same as how much tax for example there is going on in Spain right now mm-hmm. so it's a lucrative offer for many of the players coming in and it's much better for the sides because they can afford to bring in great talents and that's why you'll see they want to get rid of the ones that they already have and bring in new ones because then they're subjected to the growth decree tax that so doesn't this is anyone in. new coming into the country new coming in who okay. hasn't been in Italy okay. and who is at least going to stay for two years okay so so for the like so for example Antonio Conte hasn't been in the country for two years working so he'll come back and they don't need to pay as much for him as perhaps they would do for someone who's already been in Italy. So this, these are the things that come in, but it won't come in till 2020. So until January 2020. 
which isn't that long to wait exactly. So none of the players that so have gone from, yeah, from the right. Premier League are going to benefit from this or does it backdate? No, it doesn't backdate. It just kicks on. So it's, it's your they don't need to worry about it because it's the club that's paying. Right. So the club pays your taxes, essentially. Mm. So they know that they are they're having to pay nine point, I don't know, nine million, let's say, to Lukaku in twenty twenty. They know they only have to pay tax on four point five of okay. it. That's one of the reasons. The second reason is that if you look at Italy, there's they're starting to believe in themselves once again. And I think that this is the best chance to really go for it, considering Juventus have had a change in management. Inter are out of financial fair play. They have been bought over by a new management uh, a year ago, or rather two now. And they want to make a conscious effort. They want to be leaders again. And so they are making a huge push. And they did that with getting Antonio Conte, who is on 11 million, by the way, when Sadi's on five. So that makes a huge difference in terms of salary, too. And then you have Napoli with Carlo Ancelotti, who obviously can attract a lot of great talent mm. as well, just because his name is so big. Fabian Ruiz. Now, that's a great young player for Spain. So those those are the you know the teams right now. And they want to bring Serie A back into the fold. And they feel that they have the money now to compete with a few other teams, considering what's going on around Europe right now. All right. One more topic to discuss. And uh, it's us getting a little bit political. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Jeffers. And we host the Series Linked podcast, all about the telly that's both on and in demand. We're able to tell you what you should be watching and what might be worth a swerve. Previous guests include Simon Cowell, Susanna Reid and Ricky Gervais. We speak to some of the biggest names in telly. Plus, we're compiling a definitive list of the box sets to watch before you die. Search for Series Linked on your preferred podcast app. The podcast for TV fans by TV fans. Well, with Theresa May's questionable choices now known for her resignation honours list, who would we like to give footballing honours to? Who wants to go first? Ali. Well, you know, I quite like... So for me, the idea of, uh, you know, a knighthood should be about not just doing your job. I mean, because everyone does the job to the best of their ability, but they should do something extra on the side for charity. And it doesn't come much greater than someone like Juan Mata. I know we have to look at Englishmen here, but he's brought in the whole kind of the 1% of my salary. But I like the fact that it's not just for him. He's kind of opened it out and tried to encourage other players to get on board as well. But to be honest with you, if they're going to knight someone like Jeffrey Boycott, for goodness sake what does David Beckham have to do <laughs> this I is mean a good point. I know that we've been talking about it for years and years and there was all that you know there was the email and there was all this you know the tax stuff and you know there's but look, he hasn't been convicted of, of uh, domestic abuse well, no, exactly, in, uh, exactly. You know. and he's not made racist comments and you know what he's done so much for football I'm a massive fan of David Beckham Jeffrey Boycott says he doesn't give a toss over criticism of being given a knighthood um, how about someone who wouldn't give a toss for the knighthood in the first place Mina I was going to say Roy Keane at the time. Probably. I just feel like he really doesn't care what you think of him. And although I feel like, you know, he might want it because it's uh, Alex Ferguson and maybe he'd like to. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, interestingly enough, Sir Alex Ferguson was offered a peerage, but he turned it down. So that was the chance of becoming Lord, a bit like, you know, Sugar went from, Alan Sugar went from Sir to Lord. He turned it down uh, and he wanted to spend more time with his family instead. So, uh, yeah. 
turn that down um, because, of course, there are commitments do, for do, people. Oh, right, well, for okay. uh, people getting peerages, I, yeah. I think you have to... There, there are certain obligations to the House of Lords, which, of course, runs alongside the House of Commons uh, here as part of Parliament. So, yes, there are certain obligations on your time. How about this? Sweet story. Scott Carson, famously, he tried to give his Champions League winner's medal to Chris Kirkland because it was Scott Carson who was on the bench in the Champions League final. Kirkland wasn't, of course, he was injured. But Kirkland had played a really key part in the group stages. And so Scott was like, here you go, mate. Oh, nice touch. Obviously, the the uh, junior keeper was like, here you he go, mate. It? No, he didn't. Chris Kirkland didn't take it. So Aww. I'm giving him a knighthood. Anyone else? Mina, anyone you'd like to nominate? <sighs> oh, so we have to be serious here. No. No. Oh, you see, for nominating for knighthoods, you see, I think that we should have something opposite of that, you know? Oh. The bad boy. Sort of. Like, you know, like what you get in Italy at the end of the week, if you've had a bad performance, you get the dustbin, the golden dustbin bin. <laughs> and that's for, you know, you've had a bad performance this week and you have to just live with that. And here you are, we'll chase you in the streets and we'll try to find you and locate you and give you this honour. And then you have to just, you know, try really hard to clench your teeth and go, thank you very much. So you want reverse knighthoods? Yes, I think so. Sometimes, not, not, they don't have to be knighthoods. They could just be for a one week, you know, and then every, every week it changes. <laughs> but I do think that it would be nice because, you know, when we were talking about this whole England and, and, and Italy and stuff like that, I do think there's so much pressure on these kids. And sometimes people are like, oh, but pressure is too much pressure. But I think, you know what, let's go with the pressure. Because I think that kids shouldn't necessarily be treated with kick gloves. I think that when it comes to these big stages and a lot of criticism from the media and whatever it is, you should be able to look at that and laugh it off. Yeah. And and I think that that comes with experience and that comes with developing a thick skin. And so I do think that let's not always be so nice. And I'm going to give you a peerage just for being so hard-ass. Hard-ass Mina Rizuki. <laughs> Baroness. Baroness hard-ass. This is the Offside Rule from Money Knees Media. All right, let's move on to any other business. We've got a very short amount of time for this. I'm going to ask for quite concise answers, but we can't leave without talking about SWS, speaking with Shira. That's, uh, that's been you this past week or so, Ali. Tell us where we can find the full thing. Yeah, so actually it's probably best if you go to my social media channels. So on Twitter, Ali Bender TV, on Instagram, the same, because I'll be tweeting out. So I've put out lots and lots of little snippets of a minute long. And then there you can also find the whole interview, which was 30 minutes long. Ooh. I hardly ever get that long with anyone particularly a legend I was so lucky but the line that stands out to me the most actually was an interesting to see his it wasn't about Owen to be fair it was about his competitiveness that still remains today because I asked him about the likes of Harry Kane and Aguero closing in on his records and you know I said be honest how will you really feel and you know how you always get that media answer that's like oh I'll shake their hand congratulations he was like no way I'll be devastated he basically said I like to see my name in lights it really pleases me every week <laughs> to see it and I, I I will be gutted basically when they <laughs> overtake me fair play I said you know you earned it and I like answers like that and in fact the whole interview was like that very very honest he he also chatted to me about Ed Sheeran, which was quite random. That's but I do love it when we random. go off topic. So I saw like Naked Ambition then. So that's what... Yeah. I love all out, All out Naked Ambition. I, I did it. see a clip where the camera was focused on Shira's face and you were asking a question. I was in bed next to my partner. So it's one of those classic things where you can't turn the volume up because they're sleeping. But I was just oh, what's this? And Shira's face looked like you'd asked him to undress himself. <laughs> He's just... He, he, so so I, I would imagine that interviewing him... With some of the faces, that, even though he's a lovely guy, I've, I've met him a couple of times, some of his faces are a yeah. bit like, 
I'm going to kill you now. So I, th- I think that that would have disarmed me a little bit. Oh, he was so lovely, to be fair. He was really, he was just, he was honest. He was funny. He told me some really silly stories. He told me about having to sign someone's tattoo of his face on his back and how ludicrous he thought it was. He was incredibly humble as well. That. And I don't. <laughs> and if there's anyone out there who's got a tattoo of Mina's face on their back, please get in touch. Yes, with exactly. Love so it. nice. It's a very but pretty I also, face. I, I also love um, the fact that I was thought what's really interesting from your interview is that when you talked about management not wanting to go back he said he'd never go back and I pushed him actually because I thought come on they all say that you know because usually it's a bit of an addiction isn't it once you've started he had his eight games in charge of Newcastle obviously it went disastrously we've been hearing all about it um, all week but I said come on never say never and he said no absolutely I'm yeah, not going I'd, back I, I, no I actually completely what. believe that I don't, I, he should never have done that role at, New, at Newcastle and I don't think he's interested in any of that side of it at all I think he's quite happy and must throw in something for Hayley. We've been tracking the progress of Fort William. Last month, they ended their 840-day wait for any kind of victory by beating Nairn County in the North of Scotland Cup. Well, shouts to Fort William. They've ended their 29th run without a win in the Highland League by beating Clachnacadden. 1-0. That's nearly two and a half years to wait for a league win. If I've said that, well, here we go. Here's producer Abby's dad with how it should sound. And for you, Mina, shout out to Juventus women who had a sellout crowd in their 8,000-seater stadium on Wednesday night against Barcelona in the last 32 of the Women's Champions League, uh, the sort of match we'd have liked to see later in the competition. But they were beaten 2-0 by Barca, so not so good for Juve. There is a second leg, though, uh, against last year's semi-finalists, so good luck to them for that. Any other business that you would like to mention? Just it was something that was actually going back to what, you know, Alan Shearer was saying. And, and you know, Lothar Matthäus was obviously one of the great players of Germany and he considers himself sort of an icon after Beckenbauer. Um, he's very arrogant about it. Good old naked ambition. But he said something along the lines of when you're a great player, it becomes a little bit harder to be a great coach because you'll never understand mm. why your players can't do what you found so easy to do on the pitch. Yeah, And that disconnect from the players can just get so irritating or you know, frustrating because you just don't understand what you're supposed to do or or how you approach the situation. And I wonder whether that's something other good managers have ever thought about. So I'm just going to leave you with that thought. Thank you. I like that indeed. All right. Well, that's it for another week of The Offside Rule. Please do hit subscribe on your various devices to make sure you get each episode as soon as it's launched. Leave us a five-star review. Just hit the last star (laughs) and magically all the rest fill out. That's how easy it is. Uh, That's on Apple Podcasts. Uh, And leave us a review and we'll read out our favourites. Plus, it helps other people find us too. Until next time, uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at Offside Rule Pod for both. Check out the website site to offsiderulepodcast.com there'll be a weekend wanderings there ahead of the weekend and then a five things we learned after the weekend always interesting talking points and you can hear us don't forget every friday night and saturday mornings on jack radio ali and mina a good weekend of football to you both thank you very much for coming on and i'm thank sure you. we will Cheers, have you back Kate. in the studio very soon thank you the offside rule is a muddy knees media production for sales and advertising email sales at muddykneesmedia.com Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.